With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast on this frigid, frigid Friday. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by Jim Eichenhofer in his many layers. The podcast is presented by SeatGeek, even when it's cold. Jim, how you doing, man? Did you have to slog through... uh, you know, the, the heavy, heavy, not snow, but it feels like it. Yeah, you know, luckily there aren't any snow banks from the way I was used to in New York. So, I mean, this isn't Yeah, you got too actual bad. snow there. That's different. And I, I, I have to say, it's a little, it feels a little warmer this morning because the Pelicans ended their four-game losing streak. Yeah, the sun is shining. It's, you, know, it, it's, you know how they always say, you know, it's 30, but it feels like, you know, 22 or whatever based on the wind chill. <laughs> yeah. I feel like right now it's 28, but it feels like 48 because the Pelicans beat the Spurs last night. Yes, time. basically. It's just like, a, I forgot what that what that baby show was where the sun was just a baby smiling. But uh, I feel like that's CJ McCollum. He's just the sun just <laughs> shining on all of us today. Yes. He scored 40, lifted the Pelicans up. CJ is back, baby. I've been looking at that picture of him in high school when he was a freshman and he was like five foot two yeah. all day long and just... Just with delight. <laughs> I mean, it was great that they ended the losing streak, and it was great that he had 40. But I think even more important and even better for the outlook of the team is that he's been on a roll for a solid week now. Yeah. It seems like he's coming out of the It's officially slump. a pattern. Yeah. Right. And he he mentioned to Jen Hale post game on TV last night that he still has a little bit of like what he described as a COVID cough. Mm-hmm. So I think he's about to hopefully shed all of the – symptoms and all of the issues Honestly, that he had it took with me with a that. while too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it took me two years to catch COVID. I, when I caught it, I, it, even when I was feeling fine after about a week or so, I just had a cough that sounded gross for yeah. a long time. Yeah, it was. Just, I had the same deal. I, it, I, at one point I was like, I'm never going to get COVID cause I haven't gotten it yet. But then yeah. right, so when I thought that I got it, yeah, but, same, you I know, got cocky. Y- you and I are both highly tuned athletes, just like CJ McConnell. Uh, yes. But even we had the, the effects of it. So um, either way, I, I'm just looking forward to him just continuing to play the way he is. He has been. And with Zion and Ingram hopefully back sometime in the near future. I mean, that and kind Larry. of, that kind of weapon, right, can't leave him out. That kind of weaponry on the court, man, looks is going to look very dangerous. We sort of talked about it with Christian. Christian Clark, by the way, is the guest today from NOLA.com. Uh, he's going to be joining us in a little bit. We feel like maybe we're the only ones snake bitten by bad health or, or by weird rotations. It's easy to sort of focus on your own team. Yeah. And I think maybe we're a little shell-shocked from our years and years of Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and having to deal with his injuries. But when you look across the league, every team is dealing with it in, in some fashion. It seems like every team is having, you know, DNPs, players having these little nick-up injuries, having mm-hmm. to enter, you know, health and safety protocols. It's been hard for everybody with rotations, and it, it sort of – as you talked about with Christian, it, it seems like it's making parody in the NBA, uh, you know, weird. Yeah, and I think in some ways it's kind of played into the hands of the Pelicans that they have, as we've said a million times, that they have so much depth yeah. because it's never been more important to have extra guys that you can rely on because you can't necessarily count on in, in the NBA in 2022 
that your main guys are going to be on the court all the time. So therefore, you have to have people that can fill in for them. And once again, on Thursday night, the Pelicans showed that they went up by 21. I think it was in the first half, had the biggest their biggest lead of 23. Spurs made some runs, but I, I Brad, to be honest was still with you, nervous, by the way. Yeah, up 23. I wasn't really that worried, to be honest with you. I, I'm not <laughs> surprised that Graf was. Yes. But but uh but yeah, I mean, it was just another example of there's so many good players on this team that um you shouldn't feel like they're there's going to be nights when you we say, and we did this recently, you said like, man, they really miss Brandon Ingram. Man, they really miss this yeah. guy and that guy. But uh, for the most part, I'm at the point where I don't expect really a, a huge drop-off um, because they they have so many other players that are able, willing and able to step in and do some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, Jonas had a, had a great night the other night. He had a, he had a good night last mm-hmm. night. 16 points, 10 rebounds, uh, coming in clutch. And, and isn't it nice? We talk about what an embarrassment of riches we have on the New Orleans Pelicans in terms of depth. Yeah. Uh, we sort of almost forgot about C.J. McCollum for a while. You know, a dude who can just score 40 points and is and is starting to as you said uh trend in the right direction sort of forgot about him Jonas is like your fifth offensive mm-hmm. option and every now and then he'll just go off for 37 almost 40 of his own shut down the trade machines it's early in the season Jim you actually got to speak to Dyson Daniels last night after the win who's uh becoming very quickly I feel like a Pelicans fan favorite he really is I feel like he's kind of the the new Herb Jones he's kind of yeah it's amazing that they were able to get a guy like Herb in the second round of the draft and then they get somebody that's similar with Dyson with the eighth pick this year yeah a- again on the theme of adding versatility to the roster you you have both sides of the floor covered now you have some of these guys that are just great defensive players but yeah, I spoke to Dyson, and it was fun talking to him for a couple minutes after the game. They were about to head out the door to get on a plane to go to Oklahoma City and get ready to play the Thunder. But um, it was it was fun. He, uh, you'll, people, you'll, I, I should point out before you listen to this clip, there's a couple times where Dyson just kind of quote unquote randomly mentions Herb Jones and mentions Trey Murphy. Uh, the reason he did that was because as I was speaking to Dyson, Herb was kind of walking back to his locker. And kind of stood there, didn't say anything. He was just a few feet away, just kind Herb of like not saying anything. Hovering. Sounds weird. Yeah, he was just hovering <laughs> by Dyson. So Dyson decided to th- give a shout out to Herb. And then a little while later, Trey was s- sitting at his locker, all uh, kind of on the other side of Dyson. And Trey kind of looked at him like, "Dude, are you going to say something? When are you going to say something <laughs> about me?" So Trey's that's a funny guy too. I can see that. Right. So that's why Dyson talked about those guys. So if you wonder, like. Okay, in the middle of this interview, does he have ADD? Why? Yeah, is he why is he just <laughs> just bringing up people? But that's why. So, just another example of how much fun these guys have in the locker room that they're always trying to jump into each other's interviews. And yeah. Trey is very big on joking around about no matter who is being interviewed. Of let's can I is can you somehow sneak in a reference to me? <laughs> right. And uh, I think Dyson said something to the effect that you'll be able to hear of him saying that he tried Dyson tried to get some assists, but Trey just wasn't making the shots that it's he passed trigger. when he passed him the ball. So <laughs> that's, that's great. So yeah, this is a, we're going to have Christian Clark uh, from NOLA.com joining us right after this, but first let's get to, to Jim's man on the street, the gym interview with Dyson Daniels in the locker room after the game with the Spurs last night. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Dyson, I know you guys are headed to Oklahoma City. You got to get get there soon. Um, mm-hmm. Devin Vassell, the guy, had two really good games against you guys in San Antonio. Um, it seemed like he struggled for most of the night tonight. I mean, what did you what did you think of the, just the defense that you guys played against them overall and against him? You know, I think it was pretty good. You know, we wanted to you know make it tough on him. Um, you know, Herb Saddle and then I was on him when I came off the bench. So you know, we just wanted to make it tough on him, make him take tough shots because you know, he's a good player. He's going to get his, but um. You know, like you said, the first two games, he hurt us a little bit, but we got, you know, Herb here who's able to, you know, uh, you know, lock him down and you know, help the team out. And, um, you know, tonight, you know, we, we held our own against him. I mean, Herb looked like he wanted to join the interview, but I guess he's off to his locker to do other stuff. But, um, I mean, I know you've been a basketball fan for a long time and you've seen what C.J. McCollum's done throughout his career. I mean, did you guys feel like it's kind of, uh, it was just a matter of time? I mean, the way he's been shooting lately, he's looking like the C.J. that we saw in Portland for 10 years. Exactly. I mean, you know, he's a great player. Uh, you know, he's a really smart player. And, uh, you know, he can go off on any night. You know, the last, you know, few games, he's had really good games, uh, really good team games, you know, sharing the ball and getting his as well. And, you know, tonight, you know, made some really big shots down the stretch and, um, you know, had a 40 ball as well. So, you know, he was one that, you know, carried us over the line tonight. And, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me because I've seen him do it in practice. But, um, you know, he's a great player and, you know, I've seen him do it for years. What's it been like for you? I mean, just you started the season with a lot of DMPs and, you know, just trying to be patient, just waiting for your opportunity. But, I mean, what's it been like now that you've been, you're in the rotation every single night? It seems like it's probably a little bit easier to get a, into a rhythm and that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. No, I've been in the rotation, you know, the last you know, month or two months, however long it's been. And, you know, just trying to, you know, keep, you know, Keep keep it staying in the rotation by you know playing hard you know playing defense you know taking my shots when they're there um, you know crashing the rebound the ball you know dishing it out so anything I can to you know help the team um, you know I'm trying to do and uh, you know it's good to get back in the win column and uh, yeah passing a tray uh, trying to get a few assists but you know it don't, doesn't really work like that so but uh, no, it's been good um, you know being in the rotation and you know just having fun out there. You're in a unique position as a rookie because a lot of the guys that are drafted high are, don't go to good teams. I mean, not only are you on a good team, but obviously we can tell from just standing here for a few, couple minutes how many guys are trying to jump in the interview and, and help you. I mean, what's it been? How much has it helped you just to be like in this locker room with this group of guys as far as just adjusting to the NBA as a rookie? You know, for sure. You know, this team's been great. You know, with uh, you know helping me settle in and you know giving me advice and just being great teammates and. Um, you know, like you said, you know, coming here to a good team and, you know, being in the rotation is, uh, is pretty special. And, you know, uh, you know, we're happy with how we're going and um, where this, this team's trending. And, um, but, you know, it's a great locker room, great teammates, and you know, everyone, you know, gets around each other. So um, it really is a good no, no, to be a part of. No! Joining us on the podcast is Christian Clark, friend of the pod, friend of yours and mine. How are you doing, Christian, on this frozen, frigid New Orleans day? I did not move from Denver to here to have to deal with this. 
<laughs> I, I don't love it. I don't like it. You know, I always talk about how uh, New Orleans is a great free agent destination because of the warm weather year-round. I think we're going to leave this part off of the brochure. That yeah, it didn't happen. It's 28 degrees this morning. Yeah, black as, it out. As we get going, so... Yeah, I, I also didn't move to the south from New York State to deal with this either, Christian. So I'm I'm with you on that one, man. This is this is not cool, but fortunately I think it's only gonna last for a few days. So Yeah, I didn't stay in the south from another southern place to deal with this either. <laughs> Come on. Uh man, how are you doing after that uh that win last night? Uh it felt good to snap that streak, didn't it? Yeah, it it did. I mean they they definitely, you know, you could you could feel it from everybody in the building. They needed that one. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was, can't lie. I was a little concerned. No, no Zion and no Ingram, but, but maybe that was a little bit foolish because I mean, the Pelicans have shown us all season, you know, even without their best two players, they can win. I mean, two of the, the key stats of the season to me so far, four and two record without Zion Williamson, 10 and six record without Brandon Ingram. Uh, to me, like the biggest strength of this team is it is its overall depth, you know, like one through twelve, one through fifteen. I'm actually surprised to hear that from you as well, Christian. I feel like last night a lot of people around the building seemed really worried that the Spurs were gonna sneak up and smack us. And uh to me I felt like that was kind of a get right game. But uh, I'm glad it was able to allay your concerns as well. Did the did the team look as good as you, you thought they could look without BI and without Zion there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're they're up twenty after the first quarter, so they didn't they didn't really mess around at all in that game. Um, I mean, I think the Spurs got it to like nine in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and it was pretty much just the uh, the CJ McCollum show after that. That was really fun to watch from him. I mean, when he when he gets hot, you know, his hot is about as as hot as anyone's in the league. Christian, you, you know, you mentioned how depth is one of the biggest strengths of the team, and that's really a huge reason why, as we sit here on Friday morning, they're only a half game out of first place in the Western Conference. They're in third right now. I'm going to come in hot with this one. But oh, hot take. I was wondering, you know, who do you think is the team to beat in the West right now? And what, what do you think of just how tight it is at the top and the fact that New Orleans is, like I said, is, is right there, just right on the doorstep of, I mean, they could even be in first place at the end of tonight, depending on what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so jumbled right now. I mean, half a game out of first place and then two and a half games out of eighth place. Uh, no team has, has really separated itself. I mean, my, my preseason pick for the finals was Bucks nuggets And, you know, I don't think I've seen anything that makes me want to stray from that. I mean, Jokic is as good as he's ever been. They really uh, – Murray, I think, is still, like, getting back to, to what he looked like pre-injury. They haven't really got much from Porter. Uh, but, like – Man, I could see four or five teams coming to the West this year. And I think, I mean, I think the Pelicans are one of those teams I consider like, you know, a semi-realistic shot at making the finals. But like, I could see the Nuggets, I could see the Grizzlies, I could see the Pels, I could see the Suns, I could see the Clippers. It it really does feel wide open. And, and the Warriors are in, in 11th place right now. But I mean, you, you can't count them out, right? I mean, I know Curry's hurt. Mm-hmm. Like their bench has been awful this year. But I still feel like, you know, like I, if they got up to like seventh or something like that, like I would be worried about having to face the Warriors. Yeah, I think one of the things that I don't know if we're there yet, but I think one of the concerns that Golden State has to have, or if you're a Warriors fan, is I mean, you have to make noise in the postseason, you have to get there. And I, I don't think that they 
are really concerned about just making the play-in tournament yet, but if Curry misses a long stretch and they keep playing the way they're playing where they give up 91 points in the first half of a game and they lose, you know, consistently by 20, 30 points, I would just be worried about, you know, you at a certain point you get too many games under 500 and you're not able to potentially get in, back into the mix. But like I said, I don't think we're there yet with that. I think it would take, you know, maybe two, three weeks where they go, say, two and eight or something like that, and they get deeper below 500 to the point where you would be, you know, really concerned. Um, you, you mentioned how you, you predicted uh, Denver versus Milwaukee in the finals. I didn't, did not yeah, realize. Yeah, the Denver guy predicted that. Weird. He worked. I know, look, he, Denver's he actually Denver. good, he's, too. He's I just wanted Dallas. to talk some smack. I wanted the homers to feel like I'm on their side. <laughs> but, um, Christian, you know, you also mentioned, you know, there's a bunch of other teams in the West that have a chance to – be dangerous to go very deep, including the Pelicans. I'm not sure. Did you hear John Morant's comments recently where he said he's not worried about anybody in the West, that he's really kind of more focused on Boston and um, Milwaukee, I think. Um, and if we put you and John Morant in a room and he walked up to you and said, hey, man, I'm not I'm not worried, really worried about, quote, unquote, your nuggets, what, what would your response be? Whatever you uh, my say, nuggets. sir. <laughs> my nuggets. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I your nuggets say... in terms of, that your pick to go to the finals. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, I would say, well, you, John, you, you just lost to them and, and they didn't have Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. What happened? Man? <laughs> I love I, it. I would love to see that. <laughs> I, I would just, because I, I feel like uh, if Jean Morant came up to me and said, I'm not worried about anyone in the West, I'd say, I respectfully disagree <laughs> and then walk away. Like, that's just me. I'm a coward. This sounds like a good reality yeah, I, show idea, actually. Like beat writers and writers in general who picked made certain predictions sitting in a room with a player of, of a different team that they did not select and have. Yeah, that them. wouldn't be awkward and <laughs> threatening at all. <laughs> but anyways, the uh, the the Grizzlies are among the um, ten teams that were selected to play on Christmas, and I put forth the question to you and Joe as well, and I will answer this as well. You know, people always argue every year and some years it's more warranted than others that the Pelicans should be playing on Christmas and that they should have been one of the teams that were selected. Now, granted the schedule was made in August. So things have changed a little bit since then. Kind of nice to have it off too. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I forgot about that part of it. I have to work them, but you know, but, but but Christian um, I was wondering, so if you could, if you could pull off one team out of the current Christmas day schedule on Sunday, and put the Pelicans in their place. And I, I don't mean this in like a malicious way. I mean this more in like a positive element as far as, okay, this would be a matchup that I would want the Pelicans to see. What would you, uh, what would you go with from the 10 options of the five games with two teams apiece in them? Yeah, I, I think I would take off the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, to me, they really haven't been that fun to watch this year. I mean, it's, it's cool to just like ogle at the amazing things Luca does, but the vibes are not great. And I would just want a, a Pelicans-Lakers game mm. in that one thirty slot. Give me the early game. I don't want it to stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning on yeah, Christmas Christian's Day. out for blood. I like it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that's give a great me, one. Like, give, me, give me a rivalry game. And, I mean, I don't know that Lakers consider it a rivalry. I, I don't know what you consider it. But two teams that, that don't like each other, that's for sure. I, it feels like Zion always has a little something extra at MSG. 
Uh, so I feel like I would put uh, I would put Zion uh, versus the Knicks at MSG just because I if if again if this is a hypothetical uh, we're not really playing on Christmas Day in this fantasy world Zion is uh, not in health and safety protocols so that's right. that that would be my that sure. would be my game for sure and and you know actually Christian the real reason that he's saying that is because it's the 11 a.m. game. And if yes. we had if we had to work it, we'd be done by you know say three four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, that was a sweet have, spot when I looked over all the details. <laughs> the rest of the we'd have the rest of the day. So my pick is actually not based on time, of of day or or work reasons. Selfish. I went with um, taking Golden State off of the schedule and putting the Pelicans in that place so that they could host the Grizzlies here on Christmas Day. Um, New Orleans has never had a Christmas Day game at home. I think they've played four total on the road, two in Miami, one in Orlando, one in Denver. Um, so I think I think that would be a really cool atmosphere. It seems like whatever you want to call Grizzlies Pelicans, whether it's a rivalry, it's a blossoming or not, rivalry. Is, right, I feel it's, like it's budding, it's growing. Um, so that was my selection. So I, I think people would love that one, and uh, you know. Curry's not playing right now either, so those are both really good picks, and like we just we haven't seen John Zion play each other that much. So I'm yeah. I'm in support of anything that gets us more John Zion. I appreciate it, Christian. Um, <laughs> you know, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, kind of a league wide thing, overall overarching thing. Um, if you know, we mentioned how close the standings are at the top of the West, and and you talked about how really the gap between first and eighth or third and eighth That's is really crazy. not that much either right now. I mean, I think parity overall across the NBA in almost every level of the standings is is probably greater than it's been maybe since we can since we've covered the NBA or since we can remember. I mean, what do you think is behind the why this is happening right now? I mean, do you think is it because is it partly because of the DMPs that have increased so much that you don't have like the top guys on the court as consistently as you used to say 10, 15 years ago? I mean, is it, is the play in tournament part of it? I mean, what do you think are the the main reasons you look at it at why everything is so bunched together and jumbled up in the standings? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, guys just not having like all their three, four, five best players available every night has a big part to do with that. I mean, I think teams, you know, even compared to five, 10 years ago, they don't treat the regular season like, it is as important. They, I think teams feel like, well, it's an 82 game season. You know, we can just hit the gas pedal really hard in like early February and, and we'll probably be fine. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's some good, good arguments for that. I mean, the Celtics, they weren't not trying, but they were 25 and 25 at one point last year and they made the finals. I mean, the Warriors had a, had a great start and, and slowed down, but I don't know. I don't, I feel like teams don't feel like the regular season is, is as important as they used to. And I think that's reflected in, you know, so many guys missing extended time and, and teams being, and players being ultra cautious with injuries. Yeah. I think there's a lot of validity to, to what you just talked about in, in, in the points that you made. I think the one thing that I'm looking at this year specifically in terms of teams having more urgency is if you look at the West and you look at, you know, the top 10, top 12, top 13, if you, if you, include Oklahoma City that's kind of right on the fringe of the top 10 even though people didn't expect them to be super competitive this year. I think you have to you're going to see some urgency added just by the fact that I think there's going to be a couple teams I mean there's definitely going to be a couple teams that don't even make the play in tournament in the west that went into the season thinking at the very minimum like worst case scenario we're going to be a 9 or a 10 seed. 
So I, I wonder if that's when that's going to creep into people's mindset of like, you know, as we referenced with Golden State, like we got to make the po- we have to make the playing tournament to eat, at least, you know, to be a threat to go deep in the playoffs. Um, but speaking of, I mean, one of those teams that obviously is in that boat of urgency of not in the top ten right now went into the season. At le- I would imagine at least internally they had high expectations or big goals. Is the Lakers? Womp womp. Sorry. That's okay, Joe. Um, and I, I guess I was wondering just overall, I mean, obviously for more reasons than one, people in New Orleans are super interested in slash invested in the Lakers' fortunes or misfortunes mm-hmm. this year. I mean, what do you think of their situation right now in terms of Anthony Davis is out for an indeterminate amount of time? I, I, I've heard people say maybe it's a month. Uh, who knows? I mean, what do you think of – like, are they going to? You think they're going to be able to stay in, at least stay in the play-in tournament race, or is that something that might even be in jeopardy? I mean, no, I I don't. Um, I mean, AD, you know, after a little bit of a slow start, had had been incredible there for like a stretch of ten to fifteen games. I mean, the thing I really worry about with them is uh, their defense just going in the toilet. I mean, they're a middle of the pack defensive team right now, but. I mean, I think a large part of them even being like kind of an average defensive team was a just, you know, like erasing mistakes back there. Um, so, I mean, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to get stops. And yeah, the, they, you know, the Lakers haven't really said anything definitive as far as a timeline for his return. I mean, as, as we know, unfortunately, foot injuries and, and big guys, and a lot of people know, like those are, those are tough and they can be really tricky. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't see them like being in this playing tournament race. That's a real shame. I, I hate to hear that. And I worry about their defense too, Christian. I gotta say, I just, I see their, their place in the standing as I go, Oh, uh, but that's just me. I'm, I'm sympathetic like that. Got another one coming up tonight against the thunder, the scrappy thunder, a lot of scrappy teams. The Pelicans are facing, uh, what are you looking forward to in this one? Uh, as we sort of face the thunder and then then hit the road, I don't even want to look ahead to the the road schedule because depending on your outlook, it could be doom and gloom, or uh, we could take a few of those. But look at just directly ahead to tonight, uh, how you see the thunder game shaking out? Yeah, so I mean, probably another one without Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. Uh, you know, key player for the Thunder obviously is Shea Gilgis Alexander. The last time Pels and Thunder played the Pels, won because you know Herb did an incredible individual job against Shea. Uh, can they at least make life difficult for him? I mean, yeah. he's been one of the best players in the NBA this year, like so so hard to stay in front of. And I think like specifically, can they keep him off of the foul line? That's something the mm-hmm. Pelicans have kind of struggled with lately. Devin Booker shot a million free throws. Giannis Antetokounmpo shot a million and 10 free throws. So can they, can they try to slow him without sending him to the line 15 times tonight? Uh, Christian, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Check out his articles on NOLA.com. Appreciate it again, man. All right, fellas. Great talking with you. Big old thanks to Christian Clark for joining these two old dogs on this frigid soup weather day uh, here in New Orleans. Uh, you know, we're, we're hunkered down in the uh, luxurious podcast studios and the, the Saints facility heat Fully cranked up. Uh, I guess we can't build a fire in here. That's probably against uh, office protocols. Probably, yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll stay warm one way or the other. Uh, Jim's bright smile is actually warming me as we speak. Uh, Jim, 
tonight. We go ahead and face the Thunder. But uh, before we, we move on from, from that thrashing of the Spurs, I'm going to go ahead and call it a thrashing. Uh, I got to talk about those one-handed free throws. Uh, it, it, it's still, I couldn't sleep last night. It was bothering me. I, I was just like curling my toes and grinding yes. my teeth. And I'm like, who is letting this happen? Uh, every time uh, the green hair, you know, of Socha, didn't, that didn't bug me nearly as much as the free throws. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted something about how young ch- children should be shielded from being able to see this. True. It's, it should come with like a NC-17 warning. Yeah, you should have to I, click something to unblur it before I, you see it online. I think there's a... Probably some basketball coaches in the stands last night that were also just like, you know, people clawing at their faces. People complain about, you know, and rightfully so sometimes that, you know, they pay big money to come to an NBA game and then the stars aren't playing. I could see some basketball coaches being like, I paid big money and this is this is the kind of free throws I'm going to see. He's not even trying. That's what it looked like. Although to Graf's great chagrin, he was nailing them. It was weird. Like. I, I know that he was he's been shooting like that because he doesn't have a great free throw percentage. Mm-hmm. He's trying to shake it up. I I would hate if that catches on and you're gonna see other dudes doing it. I've got good news for you, Joe. I don't think it's gonna catch on. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Yeah, that's- he was he was seven for ten from the from the line. Yeah, I I don't think that's gonna spread across the NBA, <laughs> partly because most guys are not at the de- this point of desperation where they're like, I got to try this. Yeah, it's pretty early in his career for him to be at that point <laughs> right, of desperation, right. by yeah, should he, say. Maybe he struggled a big time in college as well, as well yeah. as high school and all the way through, and he's just at his breaking point. But, yeah, he had a decent game at the free throw line. I mean, he went would, there a bunch of times. If, if you have that form, if you take 10 free throws and make more than four or five, I'd say – I guess keep doing you. Yeah, man. it just feels like random luck at that point. Yeah. It just felt like a carnival game where somehow <laughs> he kept getting the claw machine to work, and I, I could not understand you, it. You were expecting someone to walk out and put like a blindfold over his eyes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, spin him around, dizzy bat free throws or something. It was the craziest thing I think I've seen in a real live NBA game that wasn't a Harlem Globetrotters thing uh, in a long time. So I just had to bring that up because it was uh, it was gnawing at me. I'm glad you got that off your chest me too because i I would have been another sleepless night of uh thinking about those free throws tonight it is us versus the thunder pels versus the pesky okc in the frigid oklahoma city weather luckily we are playing indoors because it's the nba fortunate Uh, so that helps uh we are not the nfl uh, Jim, you know, this is a, this is gonna be a tough one. I think people, yeah. it's easy to, to, to look at the thunder and be like, ah, the thunder, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, they're, they're a tough team and they've played as well. Yeah. I think what you just mentioned would be the exact wrong approach approach for not just fans, but <laughs> yeah. the Pelicans themselves to be like, you know, Oklahoma city, they're not that good. They don't have a lot of star power, even though Shea Gildas Alexander is, you know, kind of a yeah, dark horse him. MVP yeah. candidate, somebody that if they had more wins, I think he would be. Maybe somebody that people would mention. Right. But I mean, even so, they're 14 and 18 right now. They've won more games once again than people predicted that they would going into the season. Um, obviously, the Pelicans have their own situation where they are shorthanded and don't have everyone available. They've struggled on the road lately coming off that road trip. So yeah. I think this is an opportunity to really just focus and lock in and, and try to play the, your best game against a team that has picked up some good wins lately. The Thunder had a two-game, quote-unquote, baseball series against Portland earlier this week, and they won both games. Yeah, those have been interesting this season, seeing yeah. a lot of those. So, I mean, I, 
I thought when the Thunder won the first game against Portland, it was actually coincidentally the game that Lillard broke the all-time record for Portland scoring, which C.J. McCollum is oh. fifth in that list, incidentally. Um, I thought after that first game, you know, Portland's going to come back and beat them because right. Portland's a really good team, and they're in the hunt for the playoffs, in the hunt for top six, Always. that kind of thing. They lose once to OKC, you know, you're going to come back and win, but they lost the second game as well. So just an example of um, how dangerous Oklahoma City can be. Um, they have a lot of young guys. Similar to the Pelicans, they rely a lot on guys that are in their rookie year or second year yeah. in the league. And, um, you know, the, one of the, Josh Giddy is another guy that they have that always concerns me. He's a, He actually only had one assist which in the, in the previous game against New Orleans, which was is shocking to yeah. me to look back at because he's such a good passer. Yeah, friend of Dyson. Uh, yes, he actually is. Actually, talked about it. Uh, them playing together back in the day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game, and uh, not to be uh, too Todd Graffinini about it, but do not relax. Get ready for a get ready for a hard fought game. It's uh, I think it's going to be a fun one, and let's keep snapping streaks, man. I mean, we we snapped our losing streak last night. I think maybe we can start a new trend uh, and win some on the road starting tonight, uh, Jim. Fun time in this frigid weather, man. I'm looking forward to tonight's game. I mean, if the Pelicans win, there's a chance that they could be back in first place by the end of the night. I mean, we're going to need some help for that to happen and maybe an upset or two on the scoreboard. But either way, I mean, if they win tonight, they're going to be no worse than third place on Christmas. I think we would have taken that. I would have taken that, I'll speak for myself, back in August and when they put the schedule out and when the season started in October, given how formidable the Western Conference we knew it was going to be. And the way so, we started last year sort of had me concerned too. You know, can it happen again? Sure. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a dogfight and it's a long season. And so nothing, it's going to be fun. And really nothing is decided. I don't mean to make it sound like, you know, things are locked in. But yeah. I think going into the season, we talked about, we had a, a big roundtable podcast. And I think we went through like what our goal is and what would be a good achievement for the Pelicans. And I think my goal going into the season was top six. Yeah. So to be here in late December with a chance to, be top three, maybe even move up back up into first after they had been in first for a week. Yeah. I, I'm definitely happy with that. Um, hopefully they can pick up a win in Oklahoma City, end some of the road issues that they've had lately, and yeah. then we'll go into next week with three home games in a row against the Pacers, Minnesota, and, and Philadelphia before the New Year's Eve game at Memphis. So, you know, they win tonight, and I, they'll have a couple days off before they get back on the court for a game, and maybe there's, you know, Memphis is – and um, Denver also playing on Christmas, so maybe they'll yeah. pick up a loss then as well. So that'd be hey, nice. You win tonight in Oklahoma City, and you get to kick back for a couple days, yeah. watch the scoreboard, and hopefully get some good results. That's what I like to hear. That's what Jim, Mister Jimothy, is here for. Uh, great Jim interview, by the way. A Jim exclusive, <laughs> uh, I've got to say, was uh, with Dyson Daniels. Uh, I'm gonna make one of these catch on eventually. I think it might be time for a Twitter poll where we say, "What do you <laughs> What do you prefer, the gym interview or the gym exclusive?" <laughs> yeah. And then when we get z- or none of the and above, then, right? And That's then when be way one, out, a hundred when ninety nine percent of the votes are none of the above, <laughs> yeah. but one percent comes in from the desk of Joe Cardosi. Yeah, I'm still not gonna stop. <laughs> I'm still gonna keep trying. I'm nothing if not persistent. Jim, thanks as always for your hard work. Thank you for listening to the Pelicans podcast. Tell your friends and pals. The podcast is presented by SeatGeek as always. That is Jim Eichenhofer. Follow him on Twitter for great content as always in game and out at Jim underscore Eichenhofer. Uh, You can follow me as well if you like goofs and laughs at jcar504. Once I hit 200 followers, I'm becoming completely unreasonable. So look out for that. 
Uh, we're the Pelicans Podcast, and we are playing the Thunder tonight, so get ready for that. And until then, go Pels! <laughs> Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.